Hey, Warriors, Sarah here. We've got a first for us with a two-part episode for you. Both episodes are available right now. We broke it up a little bit because there was so much leftover trauma and wild experiences between us. We didn't want to hit you with a two-hour tea spilling. In these episodes, you will hear the accounts of Amy and I, of course, but as well as our friends, Amber and Megan, as we revisit the mindfuck that was our experience as fashion consultants for the infamous LuLaRoe. We are only speaking about our experiences strictly with LuLaRoe and do not mean any disrespect to other MLMs that follow the law. Now, with all that being said, here we go. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Unqualified Therapist. There it is. There it is. I know you are all waiting for it. We are so excited about tonight. We have special guests. Our friends are here. I love when it's friends. I know. So, so So fun. fun. So we have, I will let them introduce themselves. You can just say your names. Hi, I'm Megan. Yay, Megan. Hi, Megan. And I'm Amber. Woohoo! Hey, Amber. So we have Megan and Amber. I always want to call you Ambular because of Clueless. Do people do that to you all the time? I got that and Amburger. Amburger? (laughs) Yeah. That's so crazy. Back in the day, but yeah. yeah. Going through my laundry, Ambular. (laughs) (laughs) So we are four friends who met under the same situation. And so we are here today to talk about that because they're very interesting documentary is dropping on Friday. I can't wait. I can't wait either. And so not to hold you guys in suspense, we are going to be talking specifically about LuLaRoe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I had to. (laughs) And our journeys and the very strange thing is, is that even though we all met and congregated and traded shit and sold together, I don't know any of these ladies' stories as to how they got there, and they don't really know mine. So weird. So we're going to start by sharing that. Um, LuLaRoe, whether they wanted to be or not, like they pretended they weren't, they are an MLM, so it's a multi-level marketing. Some people like to add scheme at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Company. Um, Company. So we're going to get into what that means later on. And discuss with you how there are some similarities to being in a cult. Yes. I think what I want to say first before we dive in is that they are characterized as a multi-level marketing company, but they have been sued for a pyramid scheme. And in the state of Washington, they were found to be a pyramid scheme and they had to pay $4.75 million. Damn. Because they went, uh, they violated the state anti-pyramid promotional scheme act. I didn't even know that existed. Right. I think that's when you benefit more on mm-hmm. sales to the company rather than sales to people. Yeah. I just didn't know that that was like a I didn't law. know either. <laughs> Unfortunately, that did not take them down. No. And, very unfortunate. They're and I remember kicking. so many like meetings we would get on and they're yeah. like, Oh, update on this lawsuit, update on that mm-hmm. lawsuit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so many lawsuits at one time. So many. Yeah. Yeah. I have questions. Yeah. How did you hear about it? How did you even know? What, where did you, how did you even get there? Oh boy. Okay. So my neighbor was wearing a pair of their leggings that she had like been on a Facebook group and purchased. Um, through somebody she knew, through somebody she knew. Okay. <laughs> um, and she's like, you have to feel these. They're so soft. They're like butter. And so, of course, buttery I felt soft. Them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, these are buttery soft. And she's like, you got to check this out. So she gives me the girl's, the woman's name. And I go on her group. And I watch her as she was, like, in earlier than, like, six months before me. So she had gotten in. Uh, at a better time, actually. Yeah. Even six months made a big difference. Big difference. And um, I watched her selling these 
Cassie skirts, the pencil skirts that are like super stretchy. And I was like, she's like showing them. And I'm like, oh my God, I need those for work. And I watched and I couldn't get one because it was like sold, 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 Mm -hmm. sold. So then I go when the like live sale was over, I go into her group and I'm like looking through all of it and not one thing was not sold. So I went through and calculated up how much she made that night. And I was like, holy shit, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And honest to God, that was my motivation to begin with. I wanted the extra income. I was working for a corporation. I was not happy. And so I was looking for a way out. And I was like, this could be my way out. And so I talked to her before even purchasing any of it. And I onboarded quickly thereafter. So what package, um, so when I started, there was no choice. It was $5,500. Okay. Yeah. There was like no other, um, option than that. And we were encouraged to purchase even more than $5,500, like buy your package and then buy additional inventory and you'll get the additional inventory first and get your onboarding. Like after I only did that with leggings, I ordered like a separate shipment of leggings so that I could have more of those because they were the popular thing. After I talked to the woman I signed up under, whom I love too, she's a sweetheart, like she's a really great person, she's still doing it actually, and I say good for her because she's doing well, and like if she can do well, that's amazing. Um, but I, she had me go on to like an opportunity call, and at that time, Deanne was on the opportunity calls. So Deanne is the owner and the founder of LuLaRoe. So that's like unheard of to go on an MLM's opportunity call and have the owner and founder like on your call with you because these calls are like all the time. And I remember thinking she's so charismatic Mm -hmm. and like so likable and upbeat and positive. And then I also remember thinking she is really fucking scattered. Like (laughs) there's like so much... Did I already say chaotic? I didn't mean to. That's oh, mm-hmm. chaotic was the word that came to mind. Like there was just chaos in her voice and all this stuff. And then she said, I have to run back in to this party for our leaders. Um, you know, thank you ladies for coming on and whatever. And I was like, Oh, she's doing something. So I was thinking that's not how she normally is. Yeah. <laughs> so my like, <laughs> cause I was getting False. like the butterflies. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't do this. Like she seems very disorganized. She seems very chaotic. And then when she said that, I was like, Oh, okay. And then all of my worries were kind of dispelled with that. And, um, I was not the type of person to do any further research than that or to really think about what kind of impact this would have. Mm -hmm. Um, And my husband was like, listen, if you think this is something that'll make you happy, like, let's do it. So we didn't have an additional 5,500 just laying around. So um, I was watching like videos on how people got started. And a lot of them are like, just open a credit card just take out a loan on your house. Just do this. Just do that. Borrow cash from a friend. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and open a credit card. So I did. And that's how I purchased my first shipment. And when it came, um, I was so excited. It was like five boxes, seven boxes. I can't remember. It was a huge ass shipment, tons of clothes. I go ripping into them and I start pulling stuff out. And I remember pulling something out and I was like real excited and Randy snapped a picture and I'm like smiling and holding like two like pieces that are like beautiful. And then I go and I dig in more and I pull out more and it's like, I'm not even exaggerating. I had 11 Irma's, which is a tunic, um, that they were like one of their original pieces and it was, um, red and white striped. And I don't mean like a cute, like pin stripe, red and white stripe, like nautical looking thing. No, I mean like where's Waldo <laughs> red and white stripes. <laughs> And I was like, what is this? (laughs) And since it was November, I'm like, well, maybe it's for Christmas, you know? And then um, they wanted you to wear like all LuLaRoe and they wanted you to only sell them as like outfits. Like, don't say here, buy this and wear it with something you have at home. No, no, no. Buy this and wear it with this. So I'm like, what am I going to put with this? Because not one thing they sell is a solid color. Yeah. And at the time time. they didn't Mm -hmm. have solids. They they didn't exist because when they came out, we were all like, oh my God, solid colors. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like I'm having a reaction because all the things are coming back yeah. and my stomach is just like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Keep going. So I was all nervous, didn't know what to do. Um, so I watched a bunch of videos like YouTube videos. I've joined a bunch of Facebook groups. I'm watching all these leaders and all these other people do their thing. And I was like, all right, I can do this. I got it. Cause that's how I used to approach everything in life. I was like, Psh, I could, I could do that. That's easy. <laughs> 
Um, and I just dove in and I don't want to go any further really into my story after that because, um, except that I will say that I did knowingly ignore red flag after red flag after red flag because I would excuse it away by like something else. So, and I also had, um, a friend who would convince me otherwise. She would always be like, how do you know that's true? What's your source? Where did you get that information from? How do you even know that somebody, you know, said that, or this is happening or that's happening. And it's funny because everything that, um, I had heard through the grapevine is now like, I've actually seen videos of like Mark Mm -hmm. saying these things. Mark is Deanne's husband who was the co-founder, um, of LuLaRoe and, and of Deanne saying some certain things. So it's all just kind of like, huh, hmm, how about that? So everything that I was like super nervous about has been actually confirmed as fact. I've seen it with my own eyes, heard it with my own ears. Um, so yeah, it's kind of bananas, but that's, that's it. That's all I'm going to give you right now. (laughs) So you were right behind me, Amber. Yeah. And what you can see is I feel like we're all rolling our eyes. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. yes, red flag after red (laughs) flag. Um, so how did I find out about LuLaRoe? Um, actually one of my sorority sisters hosted a party and it was like, I was super curious. Like I love fashion. If you guys know me, don't know me, fashion's my passion, always has been, always will be. And it was a legging party, just leggings. Like I had no clue about anything else. Yeah. And she was one of like the original, um, the person holding the party was one of the original like leaders. Cause I remember going to convention and she was Mm -hmm, like up there mm -hmm. talking about how she made all this money. And it was like, Oh wow, I could do that too. Mm -hmm. Um, but I asked her all these questions and I didn't feel right about her. Like we didn't mesh. Mm -hmm. So like, although I asked her these questions, she was like pushing like, Oh, just buy it. You'll make all this money. Yes, if I work like you, I would right. have. But I was super curious, so I literally like went and started googling. I didn't buy any at the time either. Um googling and I found my upline. That's what they would call them, my upline on YouTube. And she um is one of the she's still also doing it. More power to her. We had a different relationship after, so I'm not going to knock her. Um but I will say it felt like our friendship only meant uh, something mm-hmm. if I was making her money. Um, and that's my, my takeaway from it. Yeah. I'm not going to take that away from her, but I literally went down a rabbit hole of researching who I would fit with mm-hmm. versus, um, I also didn't buy a piece of LuLaRoe until I bought my onboarding package and I literally purchased and, um, got it right before Christmas. Like I thought I wouldn't get it till the new year, Yeah, but I didn't do anything with it until the new year. Mm -hmm. So I, the package I got, I don't even remember at this point, but I did buy like the Amelia's because Mm -hmm. I wanted those. And I remember too, I got like striped. They were decent striped, but like 16 of them. Yeah. And it was like, what am I supposed to do with this? Mm -hmm. They did sell, but at the same token, it was like, Oh, just trade with your friends. And like, I don't have any friends in LuLaRoe yet. Like, what am I supposed to do with 16 of these? Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason that I'm also bringing that up, too, is I'm sure we're going to get into it. Part of the reason that, like, LuLaRoe appealed was their mission at the time. Mm, yes. And, you know, what set them apart from other places. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I'll say into what Sarah had said was, we say De- Deanne is the founder of LuLaRoe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say allegedly because yes. there's so much drama around mm-hmm where it came from and like it'll just lead into like the type of person she is besides the red flags of you know maybe she took this from her sister Mm -hmm. we don't know Mm -hmm. twin sister yeah so that's what i'll give you yeah she probably did i have been a part of mlms for quite some time i am currently not really in one finally I'm never selling anything again, guys. <laughs> um, but I was in a very positive situation after a couple negative situations of other companies with Chloe and Isabel was my positive situation. I had just gotten back from leadership conference and I was like, this is insane. Like I loved it so much. I love the way that they ran things. I truly, you know, believed in them and I just wasn't making the kind of money that I had 
expected to make with the amount of effort that I was putting in, even though I had a huge team and everything. So people started falling away from Chloe and Isabel and joining LuLaRoe. And I was like, well, what is this? And so, of course, I ordered some things. I couldn't get them. Same thing. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is crazy. Like, why is it so difficult to order a pair of leggings? And I did, and I got them. And then I just, I don't know. It was 2015 that I got them that summer. I remember taking them with me on my trip to California with um, Scott and Lily. And I also worked, so I worked, I was a teacher. I worked for um, an after-school program. And I also then sold jewelry and ran a team. So I was like, why not one more thing? (laughs) I really just needed to make some money. We were not like in a good spot. So I just thought this is going to be a good way to make money. And, um, I don't really know how much research I did. I can't really remember, but I do remember my mom helping me. She did loan me the money to start half of it at least. And then I found the rest. Uh, I think I was at the 5,500 as well. Mm -hmm. And, so I started and I was in the apartment, um, uptown. So we took over Lily's bedroom. I was like, you can live with us now upstairs. <laughs> and, uh, her room was the place that you take pictures. I mean, you have to set up some shit. You have to set up a mailing center. You have to set up a place to take pictures with lights and with mm-hmm. backdrops mm-hmm. and all of those things. And so we did that there, um, starting out. And I have to say, like, I did really fucking good. Yeah. Like I, I, I will say looking back at some of the pictures I was just going through and I was like, Oh, those are hideous. But like I was in the, I was watching so much, so many Facebooks like Mm -hmm. lives and I was watching so many, uh, YouTube videos that I was in the mindset of like, this is all workable. You know, like you just throw a denim jacket on or my denim vest and you're cool. It's all good. And so (laughs) I, I sold the shit out of this ugly stuff. And so, and so it went really well until it didn't. Um, but there was a, I I mean, I guess the the one thing I'm going to say before I get into like the nitty gritty of how like trauma occurred because of it is that it was really good for a part of my life for about a year, about 12 months. Mm -hmm. Um, it was the only time that's. Scott was stable mm-hmm. in his illness. He had no episodes at all because I was not working at school. I was off because of my son that was born and we worked all day, like all day, all night. And we just took turns and we did the lives together and we shipped together and it just, it was a beautiful year. Um, so no regrets, no regrets. Um, but I will say that, you know, he saw the signs before I did, and that started a lot of our fights near the end. Mm-hmm. So there's it's so much. Hard. There's so much to the story. It's so layered, mm-hmm. and I've I seriously truly have met great friends because of it. Um, because of Lularoe, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Hashtag because of Lularoe. I'm at the. Do blah, any blah, of blah. you go back? Like when my memories come up. I'm oh like, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm I'm deleting this post because I don't want to remember. I don't want to see it come up again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't just because again, it's attached to like the best year of my life Mm -hmm. with Scott. Um, just because we were running a business together. So it's, it's multifaceted. I don't know. There's, there's all sorts of things about it that were awful and you know, but no, I don't have regrets, but Uh, I, no regrets. I wish I paid attention to the signs. Me too. Yeah. So, yeah, Megan. Okay, so let's see. I was previously selling Jamberry nails. I, I was like obsessed with Jamberry. So that that came to be probably about a year before Lularoe. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm a teacher, but I was staying home after my second kiddo was born. So I was fully home and just trying to find something to do when I started that. And it was just a little bit of a side thing. You know, it was never a huge moneymaker. It was just, it was fun. And, um, so then when I started to hear about LuLaRoe, mine was also a sorority sister that was actually my big and she, did you get the, Hey girl text? Well, (laughs) she, (laughs) so probably (laughs) if I, if I went back and looked, Hey girl, how you doing? Right. I've got this new thing. And we had not, yes, right. And we had not stayed particularly close. You know, it wasn't like she was one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and you know, she, I gosh, I'm trying to remember if she was a consultant yet, or if I saw it at her first party. That's the one thing I can't remember, but there was definitely a Facebook event. And I think it was a, she hosted, I believe for her upline before she joined. And I bought, I think a pair of leggings and maybe like one black Irma that was like a shocker that I was able to find and thought it was cute and comfy. And at that point I was back to part-time teaching and, you know, but still had two little ones. And again, it was about, we, we had had some pretty significant financial issues that fall. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was probably like November that I attended her party. And then she started to ask, you know, she's like, I'm going to join and you can join under me. And so, but it's, you know, a lot of people are joining right now. So you really need to, if you're going to do this, you better like get in. So of course I kind of thought about it and I hemmed and hawed and we really did not have the extra income. Um, to do it. And that was probably my biggest holdup. And I remember my dad and I went to Hands for lunch and he offered to pay the onboarding. Yeah. And that is my one regret that I like yeah. allowed that to happen because anyway, I just hate that that was the way we went about it. Um, but I feel like I signed the onboarding in like February and I just checked my Instagram because I was like, Oh, I have to look back. It was May 16th of 2016 that I got my, uh, ordered my package and it was about 5,500. I think I bought something extra. Mm-hmm. And in spite of my parents giving me the money, I opened a credit card. Yeah. Which by the way is still not paid off. Eek. Yeah. You I know, it's it. sitting there. Mm-hmm. It, we pay it off a little bit at a time. Um, But I, you know, it was one of those things where it seemed like a community. It seemed like everybody that was doing it was having so much fun and being so successful. Mm -hmm. And I remember kicking myself thinking, well, I just, it was saturated by the time I got into it. You know, I could have had so much success if I had done this six months earlier. Exactly. And I was telling myself lies because I, you know, and I, I think probably of the four of us, I never had that huge, I never even had many months where it was lucrative, even at the beginning. I met Amber because I got a million of the same ridiculous prints and we met in a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot (laughs) to swap out of my trunk because I was like, I can't, I I have 45 people coming to my lunch party and I have 27 of the same medium Nicole dress. Um, (laughs) I just can't, that's, I can't offer them that. I mean that my launch went well. I had, you know, I had some regular customers, et cetera, but so that was sort of where I got into it. And then, um, I actually got convinced by this, by my upline, my same sorority sister to pay the money to sign up for convention, Mm -hmm. which was held literally six weeks after I onboarded. I mean, I paid the money before I even had oh my, my things. God, Megan. And should I tell that I story now? Yeah. Or should I save that? Let's, yeah, let's hang on. Cause hang I think, on. okay. Right. Cause that's probably going to go along with some of the attributes mm-hmm. that we're we'll hang on to at. that. <laughs> I just realized I forgot to share how I paid. Oh yes. Mm, so I took, I was adamant that it wouldn't be a credit card, that it wouldn't be this, that it was just going to be on me yeah. in case it didn't go right. the way right. it did. And I'm still paying on that loan. I took a personal loan, uh, and it. I was like, kills did you do naked me. pictures? <laughs> I mean, I mean, the way that feet pictures go right now, I might do it to pay it off. But you can get your OnlyFans, and it's just yes, feet, yes. just my big toe. Um, yeah, so I'm still paying that off. So, like, when we talk about trauma, like, there's mm-hmm. just like, I'm gonna say it, but fuck this every yeah, time. Every I time you have that to check. pay. And I literally did so well. I was working full time. Mm-hmm. I, my first party, like it was like sold, sold, sold. I literally stayed up all night invoicing because even then the system was like shitty and they're like, terrible. it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. And we had to follow the rules and mm-hmm. I'm a rule follower. I was making more in my, in LuLaRoe than I was in my, my home or my current job Mm -hmm. to the point where when I left my current job, it was like, yes, I got this. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, no, I can't keep up. Like it, it went from, went from their mission as I noted to before, which I'm sure we're going to share and why I think it was so, um, appealing to all of us in the first place to what it was. Well, and I think too, those, um, 
when you had those good parties and when you had those good weeks, you know, the money went elsewhere. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think, that joined already had financial things going on, right? Because it was this promise of yeah, tons and tons of money. So you paid that other bill, or or you, you reinvested, reinvested because that's what they yep. said. Yep. We because had that's what to they do. were telling you to do. The more you have, the more you sell. The yeah. more and you I have, the more and you I sell. just follow, like you say, I am a rule follower, mm-hmm. and so I follow the rules. And yes, I was making double my teacher salary for at least six months. Mm-hmm. I never had anything to show for it because I put it right back mm-hmm. in. I remember mm-hmm. that first tax year and sitting there with my husband and with the tax guy yeah. and being like, holy shit, this is so much money. Where the hell is all of it? Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because it looked like this insane profit, but it wasn't. No. Right. Anyway. And they double. Do you guys remember this with me? I don't know if I have I've ever told you this, but LuLaRoe put my what I made in twice. <gasps> so the IRS came back to me the next yeah. year yep. as if. I hadn't claimed everything. Right, right. Yeah, we haven't, like, that's that a whole was, there, were, there were the so tax, many tax mess ups. The, the, the and way they like screwed that. with the IRS mm-hmm. is, is, that's why I can't understand how they're still around. Yeah. Good attorneys. Shell companies, offshore accounts. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, before we dig in, I want to read their mission. <laughs> Sorry. The LuLaRoe mission, and it's the same, where through fashion we create freedom serve others and strengthen families a community where lives are being blessed and dreams achieved through love purpose confidence trust and growth yeah so they haven't changed their mission statement and so for for me i was like oh my gosh like serve others and strengthen families like that's amazing and i was hearing all of this like financial freedom financial freedom and we weren't in a terrible situation by any means but we weren't like you know living the lavish life or anything but i just thought if I could really get this going, you know, then I could um, do what I've always wanted to do, which was own my own business. And I didn't want to work for somebody else. I was so unhappy with corporate life. And so I was looking for a way out. So it was so appealing. As you read that, it reminded me that Scott and I had recently left our lives of the evangelical church mm-hmm. that we um, were consumed by for 12, 15, I don't even know how many years it was just basically going to another evangelical church, except I wasn't trying to save you. I was trying to sell you and to get you to sell <laughs> close. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting, the different reasons, because like for me, I think I was in that point with like two kids under three, you know, at home, mm-hmm. didn't really have a huge community of coworkers or close friends yet. Cause most of my friends didn't have kids. And it was just like that. Oh, we're, you know, you can be part of our community. Right. And you can, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. join these online trainings and you can come to convention. And, you know, I think for me, that was the piece because I never wanted to own my own business. You know, that was never like a goal (laughs) of mine. I think back and I'm like, that was so dumb that, you know, I even (laughs) thought that was a good idea. But for me, I think that community part always pulled me in. I was really trying to be a stay at home mom, but I knew, knew at the time I was the, you know, the breadwinner in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not knocking my husband. I mean, it had just been in my career a yeah. little bit longer that we couldn't go without. Yeah. I'm sure if we dug deep, we could have gone without, but it was that like, and I'll say like praying on moms almost because, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. It was like, you can do, you got this, yeah. you can do this. And in me too, like I didn't really have close friends and it was like, oh my God, I I have all these friends now. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, um, I just want to say this before we go mm-hmm. through. Do you guys remember the saying that they used to say all the time? And I think it was on their website that said, do part-time work for full-time income. Yes. Yes. And so that it was, was just so misleading. So Absolute misleading. Lie. I, I never worked so fucking hard in my I entire life. I worked so hard. I worked till three in the morning most nights, especially yeah. if it was a sale night mm-hmm. where I did a live. Mm-hmm. So Scott and I, I would teach all day. Then Scott, this is when I went back. Scott and I would do the live, started at nine, always late, of course. <laughs> and um, then he would go and make put Avery to bed and make sure everybody's sleeping. And then I would stay up until three. And I would pull and I would ship. Yeah. In sanity. Yeah, it was complete insanity. So, and if you had like a decent party the night before or whenever yeah. it was online or physically in person, 
more like online though, like that shipping process, like even though if you had a process, like, like double checking, triple checking, making sure stuff right. got where it was supposed to be. And then people would also, and I don't know if you guys ran into this, oh, my package never came. Yep. All of those things. So there wasn't really training. I remember like having no. to read like, <laughs> like through between the lines of other people's posts. And I was like, oh, so I should get that scale that comes with stamps. Oh, wait. Well, then ended up being like not right. And then I went to the post office. He's like, you have this all wrong. And I remember crying at the post office mm-hmm. for my sh- first shipment and learning how to use the printer. You know, with the the Dymo label, the Dymo yeah. label maker. Like, I mean, these things were things that we just looked up and figured out, and and spent more money on, and spent more money on. Or like those, like even when I go to IKEA now, those damn bags. <laughs> like I, can't. I still have thousands. I know. Oh, I mean, I use them for laundry now. They're the best things to yeah. bring things oh, up and down. Idea. But like, that's the only thing I remember. Like, I got a list of what else to spend money on. Yep. And get ready for this. And I was like adamant, like everyone else was getting the Z racks and I got ones and I was like, these are $13 from Ikea. Mm -hmm. I will put them together every single time. Mm -hmm. I didn't get the velvet hangers. And when I would do like parties with other people, they're like, your stuff falls off. I'm like, it's clothes on a hanger. Yeah. Stop pulling it so hard. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I collected bed, bath and beyond coupons from anybody who would give Mm -hmm. them to me. And I would go buy a box at a time and then I'd go to my car and then I'd go back in and buy another box and then go to my car. Like we think we've seen you before. I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. (laughs) Go in with sunglasses the next time. Yeah. (laughs) A mustache. The third. What a life. That was was a whole life. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. All right, girl. So what I think the the thing that I have not said out loud in public yet is that um, I used to laugh about it. Like we would make jokes and stuff that like, oh, we're in a cult, <laughs> you know, and like just make like light of it. But looking back and like reflecting, I'm like, we were in a fucking cult. Like we were in a cult. Now, that's my belief. I want to say right now that I am not bashing anyone. I'm not bashing anyone's choices. None of us are. We are sharing our experiences. We hold, like, we're not going to talk about any one individual, um, but this is just our experience with it. There are still people that are successful, and that's wonderful. But here's our story. Um, So I just wanted to talk a little bit about what a cult is so that we can compare and contrast and see if my feelings hold up or if I'm just being overly dramatic, which is a complete possibility. (laughs) So the definition of a cult is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed towards a particular figure or object. The modern English definition though, in Merriam Webster is not part of a larger and more accepted religion. And that has beliefs regarded by many people as extreme or dangerous. Um, you can say that LuLaRoe is not religious, but um, for me and my experiences with people that I talked to and with Deanne and listening to her talk, it was. Um, it was very much centered around God and how God was blessing us and blessing lives of other families and blessing our families and yada, yada, yada. Um, so The Guardian wrote an article on cults. And their, de- their definition was saying that the leader of a cult has a charismatic... Um, is charismatic, unaccountable leader, um, persuades by coercion and exploits its members economically, sexually, or in some other way. For my experience, all of these things are a check. Do we want to start there? <laughs> yeah. Well, you were saying that I was like check in my head uh-huh. and I even said mm-hmm, it out loud, mm-hmm. but yeah. Well, there was zero accountability for the family. Mm-hmm. Like zero. And I know you're going to get to it, but for me, the biggest thing, the biggest red flag and the biggest thing for Scott, even before it was for me, is that you couldn't, you couldn't question shit. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. could not ask any questions. You were seen as being a negative person. And And that's what I got kicked out of leadership and church for. So I can, I'm going to get kicked out of the whole, my whole life. I'm (laughs) not stopping. I'm not going to stop. Like I'm going to ask questions if something doesn't make sense. And I was like pondering it and I would spend hours like combing over Facebook posts, trying to figure it out myself. And I also, I don't know who said that, but I posted something and like got, um, what's the word in trouble. I mean, I got like, 
a message called out on my negative behavior mm-hmm. and that is not how we act at LuLaRoe. I just was asking a question. Yeah, out of curiosity, not anything right. other and and like the end my of the question day- would be like on her onboarding package, why did she get 27 of yeah. the same pattern in a medium? Like, yeah. why? Because we were told at the time, again, told versus what happened, was that they would only make 2500 in mm-hmm. a print. And that meant that it was across all styles, uh-huh. not just in one place. Right. And then there was always the time where it was like, why did I just get, you know, I never got them, thank God. But like... There were some unfortunate retailers that got those, those, they look like turds, but they were the yeah. acorns. Yeah. I never got those. Thank God. <laughs> Me either. But they like, they looked like poop. They literally did. And then it was like, oh, well, then it was always put back on you. Yeah. A little bit of gaslighting. Yeah. I would say that like a lot oh, of gaslighting. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. A lot of <laughs> gaslighting. You, be creative. Do be your creative. Thing. Yes. If you're not selling it, it's not our problem. That's you. It's your fault. Yeah. No, you made shitty shit. Yeah. Or buy more and then you'll have more choices yes. for your for your customers. That was always what did the he answer. just say? And we were just watching that. He said, it's not stale merchandise. You're, you're stale. stale. Your customers Ugh. are stale. Go I was on that more call. Customers. I was too. I was too. And I shut it off. Yeah. I, I remember being on that call. I was yeah. like, wow, what the fuck? And I just remember being like trying to see, is anyone going to say anything in my group? And it no. must have been monitored by the uh, higher ups that no one said shit. They just like accepted it. And I just, there was too much of this accepting and closing your eyes and just accepting and accepting. And I was like, nah, there's something not right. Well, so, I think we, some I would, of those people were being well taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they would be the ones to give us the answers. Oh, yep. they'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. Have faith. They'll get it done for you. And then it would literally take me being proactive or me mm-hmm. anything to to get an answer or not even get an answer but the answer was oh have faith they would never do that to you but they're literally doing it yeah you're like but it's but this is so, happening <laughs> just not to go back but i think it does kind of go back with the cult i don't know if the three of you any of you have been in the higher ups of like an evangelical church a higher up? No. Yeah. Okay. So no. when you get there, the verbiage is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, have faith. Like, quit being so negative. They have you. They're going to take care of you. They, they know what you need. Like, this is going to happen. Just do A, B, C, and D. And then I eventually you'll get what you want. Mm-hmm. But we need you to do this right First. now. Yeah. And the language was so close that I was like, this is like fucking deja vu. Yeah. You're like, I just got out of this. I was like, how did I get back in? (laughs) When I got towards the end of getting out and when I was like, this is it, I'm done. And I know we'll get to the story of what like finally set me Mm -hmm, off. mm -hmm. But it comes back to like, you can put as much glitter and poopery, even (laughs) poopery on a turd. It's still a turd. Yeah. Unfortunately. And that's what it, it was like literally polishing a turd constantly. Yeah. And yes, we made the best out of the situations, and I did say no no regrets, but there's a huge but mm-hmm. in all of this. And they did make certain people, like we were looking up today to see if they were still there. Like, I was obsessed with her. Yeah. A particular, I guess she was a mentor, but I was, like, obsessed mm-hmm. with her. I would stalk her on Instagram and Facebook. I wanted to be her. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that, that is very cult-like. Like, yeah. Like, they made it so that she was everything that I wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was she telling me to do? Mm-hmm. Buy more inventory. Right. Mm-hmm. That was the continued message for everything is if you can't sell things, it's because you don't have enough for people to choose from. So you need to buy more inventory. You need to have at least five to 10 of every size of every style you carry. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. But don't worry because none of the styles and sizes fit the same. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so you'd be an extra, extra small in that, but you'd be a medium in that. And you'd be, it was like, what? And then you can oversize and yeah. tie it up. Oh, oh yes. Make, make, put a rubber band around. Make oh lemonade, ladies. Yeah. Well, you that's can the, do whatever you want with a 3X. Right. 
So outside of the 2500 in each print, they also really sold it as it wouldn't be a competition. Right. So yes. it would be a community. With, I do remember that. Yeah. It would be a community yeah. with everyone. Because there we had a group in Pittsburgh that it, mm-hmm. yes, there's the big LuLaRoe group, but there's Pittsburgh. Yeah. And creating, that's how I met Sarah. Yes. Because we, you had a Valentine's Day party. Yeah. And you're like, hey, somebody come over. And yeah. So that's uh, where we met. But it was that it wouldn't be competition. Right. And then they flipped a switch and it became mm-hmm. nothing but competition. Yeah, because I was worried about that in the beginning and found out that like, well, no, because because everybody's getting so different of, of pieces, like you won't ever be, somebody could be down the street selling from you and it's not going to be an issue. You guys won't have the same stuff. That's how they sold it. Mm-hmm. 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 So and I was like, okay, like so that. it won't ever get oversaturated is what I kept mm-hmm. telling people. Who, and that's what they kept yes. telling you. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was just repeating. It'll never get oversaturated because none of us are going to have the same stuff. And then there came a point where Patrick, who was the um, merchandising CEO or VP. Lead designer. Lead, de- and lead designer. Yeah. Um, he got angry on a call and was like, that's not true. I don't know where you heard that from. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself... I feel like you said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I might be crazy, but I'm pretty sure you're the one who said that in the beginning. And he's like, that's not the case. It's going to be 5,000 of each print in each size. And each, like it wound up being that I was like, oh, so there's going to be like 40,000 of that then is what you're saying. You yeah. Yeah. And then it became like all of my box was the same as my one of the people on my team who lived a few houses down from me. And it was crazy to feel and see. Like, it, yeah. it didn't feel like I knew a ton of people in Pittsburgh. But then it, when we got on that page and I was like, let's swap. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, shoot, you're like two streets down from yeah. me. Yeah. Not that I was selling out of my house, but it was, yeah. it went, got super saturated. And if I, you said that word, I said it on the cruise and I was like crucified. I'm like, yeah, it is saturated. And yeah. it, it was like completely like gaslighted and ran yeah. over. So. I think that the novelty of LuLaRoe was what made it cool and why mm-hmm. people wanted it. So once yeah. you don't have to fight over something, right. people don't, don't want, it, want anymore. it anymore. No. There, right. There was no way to create loyal customers either. Unless oh, no. like they were Nobody like friends. Was re- yeah. And that's okay. Like that mm-hmm. was part of it and mm-hmm. part of the community. But when it was like feed my family or buy a new collection, yeah. I'm going to feed my family. Right. But then I was like, treated differently in my mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. and then it was like hmm another red flag guys I don't like unicorns at all like I can't even because <laughs> the LuLaRoe unicorn you're yeah. hunting for the elusive oh, yeah. print and all of that literally like I we were out today shopping like Halloween stuff yeah there was a unicorn onesie and I was like, oh. like what are you <laughs> <laughs> yes so hard it is it's like there are certain like triggers and you're just like i can't look at that anymore like i just can't hear i think after leaving i that's when i hit my i can't be positive all the time anymore that was what pushed me to that point it was church and then it was lularoe and i was like no fuck that life is not positive right i mean and not all the i'm time. not saying like oh be a negative nancy whatever mm-hmm. but it was like when something's wrong you need it, to address that it's wrong like when you figure have, it out not just cover it in glitter and flowers and be like no it's gonna be when okay. your entire like leggings comes to you soaking wet and smelling and like smelling mold. like garbage that what do we ha- how do we put a positive spin on that right they said dry them out mm-hmm. ew no did anybody get a wet shipment i did I did too. I did not. I did. I and, and then when they said, oh, we never, we saw it at convention. Yeah. I saw it on outside. Facebook later. Yeah. yeah. You didn't go to convention the first year. No. I did not. Good. I mean, you didn't, you didn't miss much, mm-hmm. but, um, <laughs> but yeah, we saw literally mm-hmm. in the outside. outside shipment, like ton, those like wire rack things that mm-hmm. are yeah. huge that On are like pallets. a story high and nowhere to keep it but then Just, they said it wasn't outside yeah it's not outside because their warehouse was full because they over ordered and they just kept ordering and ordering and ordering and then um they got into some trouble with that because they weren't paying their invoices from their supplier from my dad not enough right. trouble right yeah i actually I need to look up and see how that because I know that that lawsuit I think was going to court in at the end of 2020 
Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to look it up and see how that ended up. I got to the point where I couldn't follow them anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I was in all of the We Hate LuLaRoe groups. (laughs) So was I. And I I just had reached a point where it, not that I was not being, like I was sharing my truth, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, whether that was the way anybody else saw it, but it just reached a point where that became even too negative because it was like, who can we bash today? Who can we... Mm And I felt like that was my biggest release, although there's still things that I'm working through um, because I truly did follow the rules Yeah, and I lost part of me in that. And Mm -hmm. that's, I'll take full responsibility for that Mm -hmm. 1000%. But like I was a question asker too. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to do this. And as soon as I left those groups, it was like a a weight was lifted. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was just going to say that. I didn't know if now was the time, but like I my obsession, mm-hmm. it became an obsession like all night long. I swear to you, I was on my phone all night long because then I would go to one thing to another thing and I became obsessed with their family and then I became obsessed with their family's spouses and then I became obsessed with like the warehouse workers. Mm-hmm. Like I was playing a detective trying to prove to myself that my hunches were correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the, even though you kind of knew gaslighting yeah. 101 right there. Mm-hmm. Like, right. you know, you know, but mm-hmm. they're not going to come out and tell you. So it's like when you go through somebody's phone and you're like trying to find what you already know, mm-hmm. it was kind of like that, but it was, it, it, I didn't let go for a long time, actually very long time. And then finally I was like, I cannot hang on anymore to this. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Cause Randy, my husband, is the one who kind of like snapped me into starting to look at things even deeper because he goes, you know, it's kind of weird that all these people in their family have all of these really um, like developed skills to run this business. Like he was saying it like sarcastically. He's like, how does every one of her children have (laughs) VP of sales experience? Um, you know, marketing and, and social media experience. Um, cause she was a photographer. So yeah, of course, then she's going to know everything about marketing, right? Cause she takes right. pictures. No, like fake it to you know, make it. Yeah. And you know, her son, I can't even remember what Kenny did before that, but he was the VP of sales. And I, when I would listen to him speak, I was like so excited because coming from a corporation and I was like a VP of sales and, um, in service at where I was working. So I was like, Oh, like I'm going to learn so much from him. Cause oh. this is such a great, and he I was, he would talk and I was like, you're not saying anything. He had nothing to you're say. You're not saying anything. Like <laughs> you're just like, fl- like putting these fluff words out there yeah. that people who don't have experience in that are like, Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. And they're like, now we'll put on some dance music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to say that always with the dance party. And yes. Sam will come out and dance. Yeah. Like, that's about it. I loved him. I loved him. So my, yeah, my obsession with him was probably the deepest to the point that I emailed him back and forth for a very long time. And he's the one that got me to say, to get out. He was like, I am telling you from, I am telling you it is now he's back in the family. Mind you, he is, he does not agree to that he said any of these things before. He is back in the Mormon community with his family. He has a new wife living the Mormon life. Oh my goodness. But at a point, he emailed me and he was like, I'm not lying on Facebook. Like, I am telling you how fucked up it is. This is what she did. This is what they did. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fuck. So then I just became, like, obsessed with him because I was, like, trying to, like, understand. I mean, he went through a lot. Was he related to them or just? He's he the was a nephew. nephew. Okay. He might be the son of the twin. Oh. Oh, right. Did I see that he's in the documentary? He is. Okay. Yeah. He is. And he is. Hmm. Anyways, he's back and he has found Jesus again and he is back. And he does not t- discuss LuLaRoe. But um, anyways, his information that he sent to me, I was like, fuck mind blown yeah because it was coming right from the horse's mouth and i was like yeah you guys are bad people Mm -hmm. and that's what i can't put up with is bad people just at the core you're bad people yeah i mean we haven't even talked about surgery yeah we'll get there yeah my mentor like used to i 
not my mentor. She was my upline, but uh-huh. she's a mentor mm-hmm. in the levels of the business. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is if when it was like a small group, she would spill the beans. But then when it was like, deny. it was a like, mm-hmm. yes, deny, deny, deny. And it was almost like, um, you know, getting information. Like yeah. if, if Deanne put the, the yep. bat signal out, <laughs> it was like, I gotta run. Deanne, Deanne's calling. Deanne's calling. And it was like, there was a time they yes, had to Deanne. do that. They had to run to the woods into some cabin. Do you remember that? She called them. She says, I don't care what you're doing. You're all coming now. Yes. And that was when, like, when when they were turning on her, she pulled them all Ooh, fucking back. Yeah, I didn't. And know then that. they had to sign NDAs. Yeah, <gasps> well, you had the like, same up as I did. Yeah. Oh wow, that was yeah. crazy. And then they posted all these pictures of her shopping for them and stuff. And I was like, Oh, oh this is such, yes. so fake. I do remember that. So I fake. remember that she bought them all like really expensive handbags, shoes and handbags. Yep. Or, or it was somebody else's that she gave away. I don't know if you guys remember those stories, but there was a lot of mentors that were super close to her. And as soon as they started to question, they were like, oh, we'll put it on the plane back from Guatemala or wherever they were so that they didn't have to pay duties. And then she gave it away to the other people. There was someone who bought a rug. Do you remember that? The rug story. Remember the rug story? She never got that damn rug. They gave it away to to someone bankrupt and all these things because... Deanne essentially ruined her life. Well, she has to take some responsibility for how much she put into it. And for being down in Mexico with them too, so or wherever, yeah, South America. Yeah. But the rug story was an like it was a saga. That was part so of the So she stuff, bought I a rug, it. they said they'll bring it back, and then she never got it because they just either. So kept that she it or didn't have it. to pay duty, right. so it came on their plane. Right. And then she like saw it somewhere else, like someone else's house or something. Oh yeah. Oh, you know we're being vague because there's just so yes. many yeah. stories. Right. So, right. but like, some, it's more than a story. This it's is like true. when you too. when you watch documentaries about these sorts of things. Um, this is just showing you these are people. You, we're people that you know from other places, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's just this podcast, like this happens in real life. Like yeah. I have nothing to gain from this. No, no, me either. Like no. zilch zip. In it's, fact, it's kind of a risk, <laughs> a little bit. You know, they might still come after us. <laughs> Da, 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 da. I'll give you my address. Yeah. We can <laughs> exactly. talk in person. Thank you so much. Um, so psychiatrist Robert J. Lifton, um, he was a Harvard professor. At one point, he shared the three primary characteristics of destructive cults. Because, I mean, you could essentially say that, like, Trekkies are a cult and, you know, like, um, things like that. But this is a destructive cult. Um, the number one is a charismatic leader. So let's talk about that a little bit. Deanne, like I said, my first experience with her was charismatic, but chaotic, but I kind of excused that chaos for something like for a different reason. Yeah. How did you feel did when you, you first yes. saw Deanne? Cause I feel totally different. Okay. Um, so at convention, it was like a rock star situation, but I mm-hmm. was unsure how I felt about that. But I was taking it all in and it was like the mood of the hysteria of everybody loving them so much made you think that you should feel that way too. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So that was my initial. So when I got in, um, there was still the offer of the one-on-one call from Mm Zian, but I never got it. So then I was like, okay, I get it. She's busy. But I, I still was like... I paid a lot of money. Like, it would be nice if you yeah. called me for 10 minutes. And then in person, like, it was, I didn't jump on any calls because I just wasn't that in mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. So it was at convention too. And it was like, oh my God, it's Deanne. Like, I was taking, like Megan just said, like, I was taking everybody else in. And it was more about, like, um, I don't know. I had never gone to a convention like that. And it yeah. was like, it, they did it big. They like, Oh my God, I'm in California. Like yeah. I left my kids for this. Um, I didn't buy into her. Like there was always something like I looked at her like, eh. but it was like, okay, everybody else is. So mm-hmm. maybe I didn't see it yet. Yeah. I never bought into her shit. <laughs> also on top of that, being in the evangelical church for so long, she just screamed that. And I despised everything about that. So it's not her. I did that with a lot of other leaders, higher mm-hmm. up leaders that I wanted to be them. I, I had just as much like 
star power. It just mm-hmm. wasn't her. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was her daughters. Mm-hmm. That was Definitely sometimes her daughters that me. I felt mm-hmm. that way about them. I felt that way, obviously, like I just said about Sam. Like I felt that way about other people. I thought her and Mark, I couldn't fucking stand them from day one and all the way to day the end. But that doesn't that doesn't mean I didn't do it. Like I did it for all the other people. Yeah, she was very charismatic though, and like you said, Megan, like it was like a rock star. She had the ability to turn everything around. Did you ever notice that? Like, no matter what anybody said, she Mm -hmm. flipped the script on you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, there was always like the next, you know, the next design. She would be wearing that. And it was like this, like, oh, is that coming next? Oh, are we going to get that? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, guys. Yeah. Right. It was like these like peaks into you know, maybe what would be coming. I don't know. Mark always gave me the heebie-jeebies, though. He always mm-hmm. gave me the heebie-jeebies. More so than... She, and I felt like she was just... I felt like he was uh, abusing her. I, I Yeah, I just... Emotionally? Yeah. I felt the same way. She was just, After like, looking to him like... Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't you know, like that at I just... All. That's not she the way I... She permission to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, why I fell for her, though, and was drawn to her is her her giving spirit at times. Now I know that that wasn't like, I know that that wasn't Mm -hmm. real for the most part, but, um, I was there at convention when somebody was like, Oh my gosh, I love that Sarah that you're wearing now. They, all of the clothing has names of people in her family. So there's a long duster cardigan called a Sarah and it was like floral. And this, one of the consultants was like, I love that. And she took it off of herself and gave it to the consultant. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And she would always say that she got special pieces. So for her, that was probably like a, right. even a big deal right. because she would get, like, she wouldn't have stuff. everything that we had. Right, right. So there was thing, there were things like that. And then there, like you said, our, their mission statement and just giving and whatever. Um, and some of the things that she would say, like, the more you give, the more you get. And so I was like, oh, this is such a giving community, which was just like right up my alley. And, but then it became like, I, I always found it really weird. I had never done an MLM before doing LuLaRoe. And I always found it really weird, though, that we were responsible for doling out the hostess rewards. Mm-hmm. Because every other MLM company, they're the ones that like do that. That I, So I've done Color Street and I've done Posh. And I don't pay for their hostess rewards. That comes to them directly from the company. Mm-hmm. I don't have to give anything of my own. I don't have to spend any money on their hostess rewards. But for us, it was like we had to give away one free piece for every 10 that was sold at a party. And I was like, okay, well, maybe just leggings because those are the cheapest thing. And then they're like, no, no, no. If somebody wants an Amelia, you give them that Amelia because that's creating an experience. And what, like, that was the most expensive at the item at the time that we paid for. It was very, very expensive for us. Um, so to yeah, give like that away. Yeah, like our cost was $45. Yeah. Those were 90 Yeah. Um, or, yeah, something like that. And it was like, we had to just give that away. Were they 90 60 No, 65 65 They were expensive, the man. The Sarah's. Expensive. The Sarah's were 70 Either way. Yeah. Think about that Not now. worth it. Like, I would not spend that. No. And we had to, and it was like our, we ate that. Like mm-hmm. we had to eat whatever. So if they sold 30 pieces, great. We made it, we did make a shit ton of money, but if but, they took home three Amelia's or an Amelia and two Sarah's, like we just had to be like, okay, <laughs> you know, you're watching like a couple hundred dollars walk out the door because that, and that was our responsibility. Yeah. You say she was giving, but there's a something that sticks in my head that irritated me. I watched her do a live for a consultant who died and um she was with her hut the consultant's husband and was selling all of her inventory and I thought she just fucking died like could you not just buy it back yeah could you not just like write wow. her a husband a check and she was making the people out there feel bad that they weren't buying. If you're not buying this, you're not helping this family. What are you doing? Like, why are you? Come on, people. We're a caring community. Let's do this. And then I was like, God, I was like, you have enough money. You you could just fucking buy yeah. back the inventory or let them keep the inventory and send them a check for $10,000. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of um, doing anything for charity, mm. I don't know if any of you ever did any of them, but I still... I did. I 
there was one that I did, and they never cut the check. They never sent the money. I had to. I had to pay the money. I did too. Yeah. And then I so Lularoe was my first MLM, and I had since tried because of personal things I went through. I was trying to find something that helped me after having my full hysterectomy, Mm -hmm. and I got into Modare. And what's that one? Um, they're like a lifestyle, like it's for health, health and oh, okay, and like uh, clean products. Okay. Um, I got it for in it for like clean energy, mm-hmm. and um, they have some products that I still take, and I tried my hardest to be like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. It's helping me. I can help others, but. Like Lularoe, like ruined me for yeah. forever. Yeah. Like if I'm gonna sell anything, it's gonna be because it's I love it mm-hmm. and it's my way, mm-hmm. not anybody else's way. But I have a girlfriend who I got into Modare with, and she was adopting her daughter from China, mm. and they did a fundraiser for her and never sent it. Luckily, she didn't need it, and it wasn't like it, well, I mean, I take that back. Yeah, it obviously would have helped with yeah. the cost. Wait, but they never sent Modare. Never sent it. Oh, I'm sorry, Lula Rowe. Oh, I met like, her through Modare. I got yeah. you, I got you, I got you. So I did not know that they weren't sending money, but that makes all the sense in the world. It was only one. I had done a few, but and that was only one that I had that issue with. Um, thank Good God. luck trying to call customer service. <laughs> okay, so really quick story. Um, the first time I had to call them, I waited on hold for three hours. Uh-huh. And at the three-hour point, it hung up. Mm-hmm. Because it couldn't keep you on hold mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I screamed really loudly mm-hmm. and called right back and sat on hold for another three hours. And then it hung up. And I was like, fuck this fucking fuck. Like so angry. And so I just gave up. Because like, I, I think, I think I tried again the next day. Mm-hmm. And once it went to like two and a half hours, I was like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. And I think at that point I had given up after, what is that? Eight and a half hours on the phone on hold. Mm-hmm. I on would hold. put it on hold and like go do a million other things yeah. and still be on hold. Yeah. I would just carry my phone around with me while I was doing other things and like waiting on hold. And oh my gosh, it was so infuriating. When I was getting out and yeah. waiting for my refund and that, that whole process, mm-hmm. I swear, and I joke with this because the boys, like, we would dance to the, the hold music. <laughs> and I, I think that their technology got a little bit better because it was like they knew it was me because I was calling. I, I was calling every day. Where's my money? Let me talk to your boss. Let me talk to this person. Like, I wasn't getting anywhere with my upline. It was literally to the point where I had to threaten legal counsel for them to uphold what they said they would do. And it was like, oh, it's you again. Yeah, it's me. Like, I remember vividly one day they were like, it's her again. And I'm like, yes, it's me. You're going to put me through or are you going to ha- accidentally hang up on me again? Right. Oh I was concerned about that, sending everything back if I'd ever get the check. Well, I took pictures. I did like mm-hmm. everything. And, you know, when they came out with those lies about like, oh, people were sending back stuff dirty yeah, and all these bullshit. things. Um, you're the ones who gave us permission to trade. So like my inventory was never going to match what my back office was. Mm -hmm. And I honestly told Megan, I was like, you want me to send anything back for you? Come take what you want from my inventory. Yeah. I'll be honest, but I wasn't sending like anything dirty. And then even the process of our, um, you know, anything that was messed up. Mm -hmm. Like I took pictures, everything I took pictures and had it. And I said, I have all of these, this documentation. And unfortunately some people didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I just, because I didn't trust them. I literally took a picture of every single thing I put in every box. I taped those boxes myself. I literally, like, mm-hmm. nothing could fall out of those boxes. And I tracked them the whole way there. So when I was calling, you got my stuff. Where's, Where's my, my check? Mm-hmm. You got my stuff. Where's my check? Or you got your stuff back. Mm-hmm. Where's my check? That was wild. And then I didn't get to return my stuff because they stopped allowing yeah. it. So then I sold it for like $2 a piece. Because they $1 said, a piece. quote, that consume, uh, the, the consultants were abusing it. Mm-hmm. No, you had just paid out so much money and you didn't want to pay out anymore. They didn't have anything left to pay, yeah. I don't think, at that point. I will never forget that one of my downline had an issue, a refund as well. Um, hers was damages. She had $2,300 in damages because oh she was selling... Like she was selling like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a month 
So mm-hmm. for her to have that much in damages was like uh, expected. So she was like waiting and waiting and waiting. And it had been like months. I mean, like multiple months. And so I went to my upline. I'm like, what's going, like, what can we do? And the response was, it's all relative. She makes 15 to $20,000 a month. $2,300 is not that big of a deal for her. I was wow. Like, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> wow. I was like, so $2,300. If you just like forked over $2,300 to get product that was ruined, you would be okay with that because you're selling 20000 a month. You just You would just eat the cost. And it sounds like she was okay with that because at the time she was probably benefiting off of how much she was buying. Yes, at the time it was, was selling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's the right time to jump into that, but mm-hmm. Lularoe yeah. has changed their yes. policies so much mm-hmm. that when we were in, it made it was advantageous for you to grow mm-hmm. your downline mm-hmm. because the payout was coming by how much was being purchased. Yes. Right. Not how much was being sold. Yes. How much was being purchased. And now they will tell you, oh, we would, this is no. how it is. No, girlfriend. You guys <laughs> changed it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then lied about it. Yeah. Yeah, that actually goes right along. Exploitation. Economic exploitation is one of the, the big um, characteristics for destructive cults. And that's how they exploited us. I mean, I full disclosure... I had a team of 15 people. I was a trainer. Um, I went to leadership, which cost me a couple thousand dollars to do that convention, couple thousand dollars. Once you get into like plane tickets and hotels, Mm -hmm. because you have to pay for all of that, then you have to pay to go to convention, which was like almost 300 bucks or more. I can't remember. That was just the ticket, I think, to that get was just there, the right? To, to be there, in the building. To be in it, yes. Just to walk inside the building. Not to have lunch with anyone. Right, exactly. <laughs> they <laughs> ran might out of get, lunch. You might they get, get right. Yes, they did. Yes, I was they just ran out say. of food. They gave us food tickets and then ran out of food. Because was, people took extra. Yeah. I took two, but nobody told me I couldn't. I didn't do it like yeah. out of spite, oh, but yeah. I was like, right. I might be hungry later. Yeah. And so, like, it was poorly planned. It was so everything they did was poorly planned. Everything they did was because was you know chaotic. what? That's that's what it was. It was her personality. It, it and was it her personality, down. and it was her family trickled down. having no experience in this field in the fields that they were in. They had some. They did something that was like minutely related to what they were named in their titles. So no one had a clue. It was a fucking shit show. No one had a clue what they were doing. Everyone was like just they would just slap on a positive statement, switch it around on you. And, um, that was that this is really hard for me. I don't think I've ever even said this out loud, like at all. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner theme song and other music provided by epidemic sound editing and production by Sarah Simone to help us keep making episodes just like this. Join our fan club at patreon.com slash unqualified therapists inc follow us on instagram where you'll find our link tree to all things here at the ut if you have a story to tell or a topic you'd like us to discuss email us at unqualified therapists at gmail.com we love to hear from you until next week warriors hold on we're gonna make it Say it loud, say it proud, shout it out, sing it when we go. Yeah, my